Section fifty five, volume three, chapter twenty one of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter twenty one Welcome ever smiles and farewell goes out sighing. Shakespeare. Arthur, meanwhile, deeply affected in heart and spirits by the resentment of his mother had subjected himself to a severity of self-accusation which appeared unreasonable even to the most conscientious of his friends had he been aware of the real situation of mrs armytage bitter indeed had been his remorse that her fast declining years should have been afflicted by his rashness but as it was he suffered himself to be comforted by the assurance of the rotherhams that already in possession of means to command the comforts of life and aware that her son had placed under her banker's control half of his annual income she would in the course of a few months relax from her animosity accept the olive branch so dutifully tendered and become a visitor if not an inmate at holywell park this point once settled in his mind arthur had little leisure for lamentations immediately on obtaining probate of the will he had forwarded to the solicitors of mrs armytage a discharge in full of all her accounts all her liabilities and had now only to turn his thoughts to the care of carrying on his establishment on a creditable footing at a moiety of the former expenditure nor did this sweeping joseph humian reduction appear impossible for mrs armytage though expansive in her views and prudent in her system was at best only such a manager as can be found in the best of managing women obstinately attached to their own plans yet guided with a thread by the first adroit manoeuvrer the retirement of the gang of invalid domestics even with the liberal pension allotted to each by their young master proved a considerable advantage for the peculations systematically carried on under the eyes of those who were blind and subject to the chastisement of hands that were impotent became totally suppressed under a more efficient administration in the neighbourhood arthur had ever been a favourite his unassuming manners cheerful good-humour and filial respect towards the most despotic of mothers had won golden opinions for him with the wise the esteem of such men as dr grant and lord rotherham pleaded forcibly in his favour with the foolish the good graces of the duchess of spalding exercised similar influence marian mrs arthur no longer but in her own right mrs armytage of holywell was seen to be so pretty and known to be so good and afforded in her unpretending simplicity so pleasing a contrast to her predecessor that even thoroton factious discontented envious thoroton applauded while the ungrateful parish of holywell raised its hypocritical hand and blessed its stars that the tyranny of caroline the great was overpassed so it is in most kingdoms and countries in the dawning of a new reign their majestics went here and there cheered by universal acclamations thoroton rejoiced to find itself represented by a man with a rent-roll of fifteen thousand a year while the high mightinesses of the riding who had never been altogether satisfied with the necessity of conceding a leading voice in the diet to a petticoat sovereign a duodecimo maria theresa 
glorying at finding the pragmatic sanction rescinded heartily huzzaed arthur armytage into their counsels fortunately dr grant was at hand with his prudent moderation to open the eyes of the young heir to the hollowness of all these protestations all these proffered leagues of amity by a singular coincidence the fortunes of the worthy doctor himself or of those whom he loved better than himself his children were importantly affected by the establishment of the will the property of sophia armytage a third of which she had bequeathed to the two little girls reared in a great measure under her superintendence had thus been raised from ten to five and thirty thousand pounds nearly twelve thousand of which became the portion of mary and clara it was in vain dr grant protested that miss armytage in making the bequest had contemplated no such addition and that in equity the legacy should stand at its original amount arthur assured him in all sincerity that had his sister been aware of the real state of her brother's fortunes and of the rights of his little girl she would probably have augmented rather than diminished the provision for her protégés his opinion moreover was backed by that of lord rotherham and that of lord rotherham by the laws of the realm and dr grant was forced to see his children become rich without having compromised by the slightest blemish his own uprightness and independence among the families of the riding though scarcely one but was well content to exchange the old neighbour for the new one the transition having been effected without loss of life or loss of respectability in the family an indecent degree of satisfaction was exhibited only in a single instance the duchess of spalding did not show herself a generous enemy her letter of congratulation to marian on coming to her estate was as exuberantly triumphant as had been her verbal congratulations to the dowager lady marscourt on getting rid of her daughter overwhelmed by the happiness of so joyful an occasion she announced her intention of passing a week at spalding court so soon as she could tear herself away from the gaieties of brighton and the endearments of sir leon and lady marscourt for the sole purpose of beholding her beloved young friend installed in her new residence and true to her word she came and instead of putting up as usual at the spalding arms at mill hill claimed a night's hospitality at holywell the duchess was in her usual unmeaning flurry of spirits full of projects insisting upon being permitted to engage a house for the armitages on her return to st james's square but finding time to relate with sarcastic liveliness a thousand amusing anecdotes of the sudden inflation of sir leon's self-importance his solemn sententiousness amid the airy lightness of the coteries his overstrained politeness his misplaced affability and above all his self-conceited blindness to the contempt with which his pretensions were regarded by the diplomatic representatives of his own country before she quitted holywell on the following morning her grace extorted a promise from marian that they would pass a few days at spalding court previously to the departure of the family for town i cannot however promise you anything very gay or very attractive said she kissing the forehead of her fair friend at parting we should not at present feel inclined to join the society of strangers replied marian looking down on her morning dress 
a few brighton friends however are coming to take a peep at our yorkshire wilderness and we are to have the neapolitan ambassador and his secretary in a day or two besides the young lady willoughby de lechlade an heiress and peeress in her own right who would just suit me for wildingham which forces me to hurry home that i may be in the way to present them to the duke you see i am as usual the most affaire of women with the management of half the world upon my hands pity me love me and good-bye but on her grace's arrival at home she had the misery of finding that for once her authority was anticipated the duke of spalding took an early opportunity of acquainting her that he had just given his consent to the union of his son lord wildingham with the ward of the misses maranham and placed at the same moment in her hands a letter from his friend the duke of witherby announcing his approaching marriage with lady laura greta the poor duchess was struck not only dumb but still by this twofold catastrophe on recovering her powers of speech and action she showed some disposition to remonstrate against the mesalliance projected by her son but in this one instance the duke was firm unaccustomed to exercise his prerogative he did not compromise his dignity by vacillation when once his will had been made manifest he had decreed that rosamond devonport should be lady wildingham of wildingham and lady wildingham of wildingham she was to be i do not often interfere with your family arrangements said he still less allow myself to foment discussions by offering you my advice for once however permit me to become your counsellor wyndham is the first of our children to marry he is of age independent in fortune independent in mind do not oppose a choice sanctioned by his father you will but exhibit yourself to the world in an attitude of defeat since you must needs accept a daughter-in-law of my approval accept her cheerfully accept her courteously and the people with whom you live and whose approbation you value will never discover your disappointment but the duchess could not on such an occasion be discreet dearly as she treasured the applause bestowed by society on her talents for management she preferred appearing before it as a defeated general rather than have it believe she could sanction such degradation on the part of her favourite son to dispute with the duke whom it must have required a strong incitement to stir up the exercise of his mental authority she saw would be unavailing but she wrote letters to all her friends sent messages to all her acquaintance and paid visits to all her neighbours proclaiming herself the most injured and unhappy of women little dreaming that they friendly souls attributed her despair rather to the well-judged match of the duke of wetherby than to the ill-judged match of lord wildingham having allowed her some days to consider the matter and rave out her displeasure the duke exacted with the same mild dignity of demeanour that she would pay a visit of ceremony to the grange but alarmed by the sudden assumption of will and wilfulness on the part of her husband against this concession she instantly and vehemently rebelled as you will was his calm reply in that case 
my daughters will accompany me to be presented to their new sister-in-law and make arrangements for being present at the solemnization of their brother's marriage just as i find them disposed to evince their filial submission to me on this occasion will be their chance of visiting london for the season i have made up my mind to pass the spring at spalding court made up his mind the duchess was overpowered by consternation what might not occur next to what indignity might she not be required to submit all she had recently said concerning the want of tact of mrs armytage in parading like belisarius her wrongs and disgrace to the contemptuous pity of the world all the triumph she had herself betrayed on the fall of her rival queen recurred to her mind her affairs were not yet desperate the duke might soon get weary of the labours of life she remembered how ably even napoleon had been documented out of interference in the details of state affairs by the tediousness of the memorials forced by secretary bourrienne on his attention and resolved like many an able general to sham defeat de reculer pour mieux sauter she could not renounce london her occupation was not gone she had still two daughters to marry a borough to manoeuvre sir leon to finesse and a secretary of state and a bishop to dun for the payment of the parliamentary interest expended to secure their own promotion she accordingly smiled her sweetest and most mechanical of drawing-room smiles upon the duke and set forth in full state and full submission on a congratulatory visit to the grange end of volume three chapter twenty one